Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. That's TotalBev.com or download the Total Beverage app. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I am here writing solo today as, uh, hey, it's the bye week. Everyone takes some time off. We've been having some, not website issues, but uh, we're updating our website for you guys. We're going to give you a brand new experience. It's going to look way better. Uh, it's going to have a much better feel to it. I'm really excited about it, so that's why the the shows haven't been. Uh, this is the mini the first show you're hearing this week, uh, because it's the website isn't there. We have had nowhere to to post these, nowhere for them to sit. So uh, here we are, and it's just me today. Hope you don't mind. This is going to be a little bit more of a casual show. We're going to have some fun on this show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of All Star Game, talk about kind of what's going on around the league. And then we're going to, maybe we'll do some some Twitter questions. Maybe we'll do some trade scenarios. Who knows? Anything could happen in this crazy world. Let's see, you know, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. All-Star Weekend has come and gone. Three representatives from the ABS were there. Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, and Miko Rantanen. For those of you that didn't watch, didn't care, didn't hear anything, Nathan McKinnon uh, did not participate in anything on ice. He was there uh, pretty much all weekend. He missed media day on Friday. Uh, but other than that, he was uh, he was there for the entire weekend. Didn't get on the ice. But for the actual All-Star game or games in the Central Division's case, he uh, stood behind the bench uh, sipped a cup of sup, holy smokes! Sipped a cup of Tim Hortons coffee and uh, and just kind of hung out. So it was good. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I really liked it. I made the joke earlier on on the uh, as weekly update with uh, with Ali Monroy. That video should be probably posted by the time you're listening to this. If you want to go watch that as well, uh, you know it it was fun to see fun hockey again. It was it was nice to to watch a game. Watch, you know, watch these guys do what they do and just enjoy it and not have to be worried about, holy smokes, if they lose this, this skit is even worse. If they lose this, what does it mean? Is this person on, you know, 
under the gun? Are they on the hot seat? None of that. It was just able to uh, to watch and and enjoy, and and I really enjoyed the weekend. So I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. One of the one of my favorite parts. So I mentioned Nathan McKinnon didn't participate. Uh, he, he for those of you that don't know, he blocked a shot in in the last game before the All Star break. It's not broken. It's not you know, no fractures or anything like that, just a little sore. So he wanted to take some time uh, to heal up. But by him going and, and participating to to the extent that he did, he's able to avoid the, the mandatory one-game suspension for skipping the All-Star game uh, like Alexander Ovechkin will be hit with. So he was there. Uh, but they had originally, he was obviously slated to compete in fastest skater. When he couldn't, they said, all right, well, we'll put Miko Rantanen in. I would have loved to see that. Personally, I say it all the time, Miko's got some, you know, he's fast. He's got some sneaky speed because he's got such an awkward stride and he's just so tall and lanky. You know, he doesn't look like the strongest skater. He's kind of awkward. But, man, because of that long stride, the dude can get up the ice quick, and uh, I would have loved to see it. But I, I loved what they did even more, and, and it, the news came out after the fact that it was all Nathan McKinnon's idea. So Nathan McKinnon went to the NHL and said, hey, we've got a couple of these women here from uh, Hockey Canada and the U.S. Women's National Team. He said, I was watching Kendall Coyne, who was originally supposed to... They start, the NHL started doing this a couple of years ago. They, they get women from the, typically from the two North American countries, the, again, Hockey Canada women's team and the U.S. women's national team, and they have them come out and they participate kind of in an exhibition fashion in all the different skills competitions. So Nathan McKinnon went to the NHL and said, why don't we put Kendall Coyne from the U.S. team in my spot? Let her compete. Let her take my lap and, and have her be actually a part of everything. The NHL loved the idea, jumped all over it, and so she was actually the first skater to go. And she was awesome. She was absolutely awesome. I, I was watching it with my roommate, and I talked about my roommate a little bit on, on Twitter earlier this week in the sense that, you know, if, if I'm out in the living room, I got TV on, or excuse me, if I've got hockey on the TV, you know, he'll sit down and watch with me, but he's not... Uh, you know, you know, he's not a, a big hockey guy. And so I was watching with him, and as soon as she got around that first turn, he even made the comment, whoa, this girl is flying. It was, it was absolutely awesome to see Kendall Coyne get out there and, and kill it. And she beat Clayton Keller of the Arizona Coyotes. So, I mean, she was, she was right in there with, with all the guys, with all the, all the NHL pros and and it was awesome. They were showing everyone's face on the benches. Everyone was was just as taken back because this girl had some serious wheels. And it was super impressive. They they NBC. I, I don't know if they just tweeted it out or if it was on the broadcast at any point. But they showed her time versus past winners. And in the last, I think it was like fifteen years, ten years, she actually had the fastest time, or she had faster time than than I believe it was three previous winners of the fastest skater competition. So, I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome to see. Good for her. Good on the NHL. Uh, it, it was it was great. But 
to no one's surprise, Connor McDavid did eventually uh, win the fastest skater. It is what it is. Gabe Landeskog and Miko Rantanen uh, took part in a couple different uh, different events. Neither of them really uh, did much. Uh, Gabe Landeskog, I thought, had a chance to at least make his uh, his. I think it's the, he was in the the stick handling, puck handling, whatever you want to call it. I thought he had a chance to to make it interesting, but he lost the puck just at the last second and uh, kind of fumbled it, and that cost him a few seconds. But he was right in it. Miko, I actually I didn't even get a chance to see Miko. Uh, he did the uh, the premier passer event, which uh, yeah, looks like looks like he oh not good, not good for Miko. Uh, the slowest time by, uh, by quite a bit actually for Miko. So it was, uh, the skills were whatever. When it came to the actual games, Miko Rantanen and Gabe Landeskog were nails. Absolutely awesome. I believe, I believe, uh, four goals on the weekend for, for Gabe and uh, I believe four for Miko as well, and almost all of them were beautiful. They they had a little bit of uh, they got some magic going there with uh, with uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Wow, why could I not think of that name? Ryan O'Reilly, former Av, good friend of of Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon's. He got out there. Everyone knows, great puck mover, great playmaker. Obviously, one of the best defensive forwards in the league. And uh, and Miko and Gabe looked like they had some fun out there playing with him. They stole the show. I thought uh, Landy should have been All Star Game MVP. The, uh, his team didn't win. Sidney Crosby's team did. And anytime Sidney Crosby's team wins anything, Sidney Crosby's automatically the most valuable player. So that was who took home the free Honda that they were all desperate for. I'm sure. Super fun weekend. I really enjoyed it, and and it's again, it's it's a nice kind of break for everyone, a break from the seriousness. Right before everything really starts to ramp up a bit here, it's it's kind of the last chance these guys have. Hey, let's go have a little bit of fun and and play some hockey, and just enjoy ourselves. The guys that weren't there, you know, you've seen a bunch of the Abs players on social media. They've already taken off to different travel destinations as the All Star break. Backed up right to the abs by week, which we are in right now. And so it's it's great. It's been an awesome week, I think, for for the abs. Nathan McKinnon enjoyed himself. Gabe and Miko had themselves a you know really good uh, weekend where they were they were able to kind of show off. And and hey, you know, the abs the abs have some players again. Really fun. I I enjoyed the all-star weekend. I know a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people say do away with it. It's, you know, no one's out there trying, no one's out there, blah, 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 blah. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a ton of fun. And uh, San Jose seemed like they, they, they did it pretty well. I, I liked the, uh, I liked, you know, the, for those of you that care about my opinion on logos, I liked the logo. I liked that they incorporated the logo into the blue lines on the ice. Again, you know, I'm definitely one of those people that talks a lot about the NHL not having much fun. 
I thought the NHL had some fun this weekend in, in a league where they where they don't typically do that. And you know, I actually I wasn't going to talk about this, but I just thought about it. I I went on a little bit of a rant on Twitter about it. Had some people tell me I was an idiot, which what is Twitter for if you're not being called an idiot? Puck tracking, player tracking. The NHL debuted what they will be implementing next year. I don't know if it'll just be for NBC broadcast or if it's going to be league-wide. Pucks and players are going to be outfitted with, with tiny microchips that are going to track player movement, player speed, puck movement, puck speed. You know, where they were really kind of showing it off was they put a light, a light gray trail that followed the puck so you could keep track of where it was. You could see what it was doing. And it was incredibly accurate. It was really, really cool, in my opinion. There were a lot of people that hated it. And a lot of them were, you know, it's it's the... And I get it. I do. It's the old school... Hockey fans are very protective of hockey, which is great. I love that. I love how passionate hockey fans are. And, and they like the purity of the game... And, and the old school, going back to its roots, I love it. I think it's great. But a lot of those same people then complain about how little national attention hockey gets, especially here in the U.S. This is how you grow the game, guys. This is, by doing stuff like this, again, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of repeat what I said on Twitter. I mentioned him earlier. Big shout-out to my roommate on this show, apparently. Yeah, not much of a hockey guy. Says he has a hard time following the play. There's even been games this season I've taken him with me to the Pepsi Center. You know, we watch games live. He says it's hard for me to to follow the play. Now, I've ha- I had a couple people in my mentions go, I don't I've never understood how people say it's hard to follow the play. When you have watched hockey for a long time and you your eye is trained to follow the play and 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 follow the puck and where it's moving and where it's going and and how it's getting there. Yeah, I I agree with you. I have people tell me I don't know how to I can't I have a hard time following the play. And for me, someone who's been playing and watching hockey since I was five years old, yeah, it's easy to go. What do you mean? It's right there. But you forget that hockey is what makes it so great is how fast paced it is. And how quickly the play is moving from one area of the ice to the other. And how quickly guys are, are snapping not only shots off their stick, but passes, especially at the NHL level. Those passes are snapping off guys' sticks. And so when you're not used to watching something like that, basketball, it's a bright orange ball. That's the size of someone's head. You're not going to lose track of it. Football. You know, only one guy can have the ball at a time. They're not changing hands a lot. It's usually going to the quarterback and then one other person, then the play's over. So you're able to keep track of that one person. You know, baseball, it's... There's only really two places the ball can be, either in the pitcher's hand or in the air. But again, that's one where it's a small object. So, you know, baseball too. They have the, the the camera that's right behind the pitcher and they show where the pitch went because it is, it's a small object moving fast. It's hard to keep track of. Same concept here in my opinion 
I loved it. I loved how accurate it was. They didn't just put a giant glowing blue circle or a green dot on the puck that that moved really glitchy. It was a really smooth, very light gray streak behind the puck. I didn't think it took away from anything. It was a streak that went there and then disappeared. It was kind of like a tail of the last, I don't know, five, six feet of where the puck had gone. So it wasn't on the screen much. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it it made the game a little bit more inviting to the casual fan. Now I get there, you know, I, I had one person, great argument that said, why should the, I make the game less enjoyable for me to attract a non-fan? That's a great question. My, my counter question was, I said, how did it, what did it do to make that game less enjoyable for you? Serious question. And they came back and they said, well, I felt like it was distracting. It took away from, from what else was going on, on the ice. I can get that. It's new. It's something that's now on the screen that wasn't there before. Here's a very different, and I understand it's very different, but another example that was that got a lot of hockey people up in arms a few years ago. When the NHL added numbers to the front of everyone's helmet, it looked so bizarre. And I remember people saying, oh, that's so dumb. Why do you need them there? And it looked really, really weird to suddenly have two numbers that really you never saw. They were on the very back bottom of the helmet. Now dead center right on some guy's forehead. Now you don't even notice it anymore. I think the streak was distracting on the ice because it was something that you're not used to seeing there. After watching, if you were to watch five games with it there, you'd start to forget about it. You wouldn't even notice it anymore. But the casual fan's going to sit down that's never seen it. It's going to stick out to them. They're going to go, oh my gosh, I can track the puck so much better. I know where the play is. I know where the puck's going. And I thought it was great. Now, what I did think was a little distracting and completely unnecessary was when they were really trying to show off the player tracking. They were putting the players' names and numbers above their head, kind of video game style. That I didn't get at all. And they had it in, in giant like name bars too. So it was. It was distracting. It took up a lot of the screen. You were struggling to you know, see certain parts of the play because of these nameplates. That I didn't get at all. If you want to drop that in you know, for each team as they're you know, in between whistles skating up to the faceoff, great. Again, that's another thing that helps the casual fan. If, if a casual fan is told, hey, make sure you watch the abs. You're moving to Denver, make sure you watch the abs. Nathan McKinnon is great. If they could turn on the TV and see, oh, that's Nathan McKinnon right there. There's his name. The puck drops and the names go away. Awesome. I'm all for it. Anything that helps grow this game and attract new fans, count me in 100%. I also liked... Uh, they had, it wasn't on every shift, but every now and then they drop uh, kind of a drop down from the main scoreboard so it's out of frame and they had Connor McDavid and his real time speed all over the ice. They were doing it for different players. But, you know, they had real time speed, real time shot uh, speed up at the top again as a drop down underneath the scoreboard. I thought it was great. It just, it gives you that much more information. It's something a little bit fun. And, and it's something you can choose to pay attention to if you want. If you don't want to, then don't. I thought it was great. I hope they, they integrate it a little bit more deeply next season. I, I know they will to some extent, but I hope they do kind of 
hey, you've got something cool here. Run with it. The one thing I want to see them add. So you put chips in the pucks and in the players. Fantastic. Put sensors in the blue lines now, please. And give yourself a heart because the blue, the the paint on the ice runs. There is there isn't a hard edge to the blue line anymore. After three skates on it, there's not a hard edge on it. Put hard edges on the blue line under the ice that can detect where the puck is, if the puck's fully over or if it's not. Don't give the coaches access to it, but give Toronto that access that says. You know, maybe on on their monitors, if uh, if the puck's fully over, they get a green light. If it's not, because you're tracking players, you're tracking you know everything. So if you can look at it and say, all right, our green light's on. We're looking at that player. No, he's not out of the zone, and the green light's on, which means the puck is in the zone. Then yeah, that's offside. Or uh, no, that player looks like he's out right there. Green light's not on. The puck isn't in the zone. It's a good goal. If you can take offsides and it's no longer subjective and you can say definitively that puck was in, that puck wasn't in, all the better. If you're going to use this technology, use it for some good, clear some things up where you can, (laughs) obviously. So there's my little soapbox. I thought the player tracking was great. Don't get carried away. We don't need player names while while the shift is going on. We don't need player names and numbers above their head. They're on their backs. We don't need it. Do what you need to attract new fans, and uh, I think it's great. Let's take our first break here. When we come back, there's been a few things that have happened around the NHL, some announcements from teams as far that they're open for business, and uh, one big blockbuster trade. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I'm here by myself today, all by my lonesome, talking uh, all sorts of stuff, abs by week. So not much is going on. We were just kind of here, hanging out, which is exactly what this pod is. Hopefully, it's going to be a little bit, you know, some easy listening for you. We're just kind of 
flying by the seat of our pants today talking about I'm here I've got Twitter open kind of talking about whatever comes across my screen whatever I think you might be interested in hearing my opinion on which is maybe the most arrogant thing I've ever said oh let's see what you guys find interesting of for me to talk about let me give you only my opinion on everything it's horrible I'm sure you don't want that I say it all the time the people that sound the smartest are the people that have no one to argue with them. That's why I always laugh. You see these like rant videos on, on social media, Twitter and all that stuff, and people are like, oh, man, this guy just destroyed all whatever group they think he's destroying. It's like, well, no, he's just the only one on the screen. So he's listing all these points, and there's no one there to contradict what he's saying. So, yeah, he sounds extremely smart, and like he's destroying moviegoers by saying don't go to the movies but really he's just only making his points and there's no one to say no that's not true so that's what I'm doing today I'm just making my points and you guys have to think that I'm the smartest person in Colorado what's what's let's let's talk some hockey holy smokes guys Philadelphia Flyers basically said yesterday, GM Chuck Fletcher came out and said, hey, open for business. Claude Giroux is the only one that uh, is not part of the going out of business sale. Everything else must go. I would uh, suspect Carter Hart's probably uh, part of that as well. And I would imagine that Ivan Provorov would be pretty, pretty difficult to pull out of Philly. But other than that, it sounds like they're ready to move on from just about anyone. I mean, you're talking Jacob Voracek, Wayne Simmons, Sean Couturier, maybe Shane Goss to spare. There's, uh, there's some good pieces to potentially be pulled out of, out of Philly. And is, is that worth Colorado's time? I don't know. Let me say this. Wayne Simmons, no. Right away, no. Before people start asking about it, which I'm sure people already have started asking about it, uh, hard no to Wayne Simmons. That that just does not fit the mold of what Colorado is, is looking for. Wayne Simmons is fine. Wayne Simmons is a good player. He's had himself a nice career, but that's just not the type of player the the abs are after right now that's not the type of player that's going to make them better you know he's a, a net front guy that that's just there to bang home pucks and and again that's that's just not what the abs are looking for so Wayne Simmons what you'd have to give up versus what value he would bring to the avalanche as far as as getting them to to the playoffs it just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, a guy like Sean Couturier, I'm interested. Because that's a guy who can come in, be your 2C, be a little mean, be a little nasty, and contribute offensively. Uh, I, I like the idea of, of Sean Couturier. I, I'm not even going to begin to speculate what it might cost to get out of there. Because you don't... Uh, it's all circumstantial, right? And and also the the price for Sean Couturier is higher than it's ever been. This guy scored thirty goals last year. Uh, he he played in eighty two games for the first time since two thousand and fifteen. 
76 points. He's at 40 points already this season. 19 goals, 21 helpers. Uh, so that would be a guy that would be ideal for the Avs. Great size. Would drop in as your 2C immediately. Uh, if if I'm Joe Sackick, that is definitely the guy that I'm, I'm calling on. Again, I don't imagine Ivan Provorov is available. Obviously, if he is, you 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 pick the phone up and make that call. But again, Colorado's in a really good spot as far as as defensemen go and and prospects coming up through the through the ranks. So you're not moving heaven and earth to get your hands on on Ivan Provorov. If you're maybe going to try to move on from Tyson Berry and Eric Johnson in the next couple of years. Then maybe you're willing to you know to dance a little bit and, and pay a little bit extra, but given the current makeup of your of your decor, I don't see the need to go out and, and pay what I'm sure would be an insane price for for Ivan Provorov to to pry him out of Philly. Shane Gossespierre, uh, I mean, okay, whatever. I, I again, not a fit for the Abs. Similar to Wayne Simmons, and yeah, hell of a player. Not not necessarily what the Abs are looking for. Uh, again, I they they that is not the team to go to if you're in the goalie market. If they actually were shopping Carter Hart, not shopping Carter Hart, but if if Carter Hart was available, then yeah, that might be a guy that you'd want to go after as the Abs to to kind of replenish that that goaltender pipeline. But Carter Hart's kind of been the one bright spot for Philly this year. I don't, uh, I don't see that happening. Now, the Avs might be an interesting trade partner for Philly. Philadelphia has been absolutely desperate for a, for a legitimate starting goaltender for years now. You could look at them and say, hey, huh, we've got Semyon Varlamov, proven starter. Let's start there when talking Sean Couturier. You would have first crack at him. You could get him re-signed for four or five years at a lower dollar. We'll retain a little bit on this season, whatever you want to do. So to me, if I'm Joe Sackick and you like Sean Couturier, I'm calling and saying, all right, Semyon Varlamov, let's start there. And go, and, and obviously you definitely need to add on more than that. But let's start there and see what we can do. That maybe solves a couple problems because then you're forcing Philip Grubauer. All right, we're, we've invested in you. Go prove that our investment was worth it. And if he doesn't, if he can't get it together the rest of the season, then you know you're going into the offseason needing to address that issue. And you're saying, all right, Philip Grubauer is the backup for the next two years. But at least you know what you've got. Is that maybe punting on the playoffs a little bit? I don't know. It all depends on what Philip Grubauer does. If Philip Grubauer then comes out and and just takes the job by storm, then no, you're getting yourself in and you solve your 2C problem with with a Sean Couturier. You know, maybe you lost a prospect and, and maybe you lost a, a high draft pick. Not maybe. You definitely lost those things as well. But uh, you, you're better for it. And... Again, you're figuring out what you've got in Philip Grubauer. You're forcing yourself to figure that out. You bring Pavel Francouz in. He's had a great first half of the year in the AHL. You let him get a handful of starts down the down the back end here, and you see what you've got there. To me, that would be a move that would make a lot of sense. You're solving a problem uh, at center, and you're giving yourself at least 
you, you're going to know what you've got going into the offseason at the goaltender position. So that would be a move that, that I'd at least explore. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. That's not me saying I've heard anything. That's just me saying, me, Jesse Montano, if I was in Joe Sackick's shoes, that's what I'd be calling, and that's where I'd be starting and seeing if they're interested. Because I'd have to imagine that if you're the Philadelphia Flyers, your ears are going to perk up a little bit if it's, hey, we're going to give you first, you know, we're going to get you a goalie for the rest of this season, and that'll give you a chance to re-sign him so you don't have to go dabble into the you know the, the UFA market and overpay just like you did for Ilya Brizgalov. We're going to give you a chance to, to get back to having a proven NHL starter. He's been bad lately, no doubt about it. But, I mean, Semyon Varlamov, say what you want to say about him. The dude's a legit number one in the NHL, has been for a long time. He's, he's a bona fide number one, and if you could give Philly a guy who's got a proven track record, I think they'd be at least willing to hear you out while they wait for Carter Hart. Carter Hart's still a very young kid. You could say, hey, put Semyon Varlamov on a two-year deal, let Carter Hart kind of come up through the ranks, and, and you're in good shape. So that's where I'd be starting. Big blockbuster trade this week. Jake Muzzin dealt from the Los Angeles Kings to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a first-round pick and a bunch of stuff I don't remember because uh, it was prospects, but I'm going to get it pulled up right now. Now, this was a... Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was thinking about it the other day right after it happened in the car because I believe it was Darren Drager posted that... Uh, Hey, you know, okay, so the deal's done. And we're hearing that, I guess, Kyle Dubas, the Toronto Maple Leafs GM, and Rob Blake, LA Kings GM, have been working on this for a while. And I was just thinking how funny it is. You know, whenever we are reporting stuff that we've heard, uh, rumors, anything like that, it's all stuff that we've heard that has been leaked, that has been told to us, that has been put out into the public for one reason or another. And uh, it's funny how you hear all that stuff. I mean, there's people wildly speculating about what's going on between the Avs and Rangers. And and it's, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then a big, uh, you know, Jake Muzzin, that's a big name that's now off the trade market. You know, something like that happens and it's, oh, yeah, this has been going on for a while. Why didn't anybody hear anything about this? I just think it's funny. I think it's interesting. So, Jake Muzzin to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Carl Grunstrom and the rights to Sean Dersey and Toronto's first-round selection in the 2019 draft. I can't decide how I feel about this move for the, for the uh, Maple Leafs. Man, did they need it. I've been saying that all year for them. Yeah, they got a lot of offensive punch, but who's going to play defense? Morgan Riley's fine. But that's not a number one. That's not that's not a true number one. You're giving him a partner now that is a legitimate, a legitimate top pairing guy. So they went out and they solved a problem. They had an issue. They had a hole in their lineup and they filled it. But man, for some reason, it just doesn't feel like enough. There's just something about the Maple Leafs that, to me, 
It's just not, they're just not there yet. I don't disagree with the Jake Muzzin move. Now, they don't have a lot coming up through the pipeline. It's A lot of it is is here. It has arrived. They got a couple guys that, that you like. But, you know, they just kind of cleared the cupboard to, to get Jake Muzzin. So now you do. You've got a couple-year window here where you have to win. Jake Muzzin's got the rest of this year and next year before he's UFA. You got to give Austin Matthews a, a new contract this year. You got to give Mitch Marner a new contract this year. Uh, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see if they can make the money work. To me, their real window here is this season and next before you've got to re-sign Jake Muzzin. And. I'll be interested to see if they can do it. I don't know if they can. You got to give Freddie Anderson some help. Man, he's been great, but they are asking they they ask him to play a little too much for my liking. Uh, I believe he was injured recently. Uh, I'm going over here to to see where he's uh, at as far as games played. But when he's been healthy, man, they they've been riding him hard, and uh, yeah, so he's got 34 starts out of 55 games. Now, I guess, you know, if, if the season ends and he's at about 62, that's that's a little high. That's a little high for me. You, you got to get Freddie Anderson some help. Everyone saw it in 13-14. Semyon Varlamov was worn out by the time the playoffs came around. So you got to get Freddie Anderson a little bit of help. Garrett Sparks, uh, I mean, he's he's okay. But you, you got to make sure your, your goaltending is straight. You got to be getting a little bit more out of out of William Nylander. Your, your offense is very top-heavy as it is. You, you got to be getting a little bit more out of William Nylander. Uh, and, and, and I think they'll be in good shape. But again, I just... I don't know what it is about Toronto. Uh, and maybe it's just that it's Toronto and they're so insanely hyped up all the time that it's impossible for them to maybe not live up to to the hype. Maybe that's what it is for me and they're actually right there and they're, they're a good contending team. I think it's that back end, honestly. Again, Jake Muzzin, great pickup for them. Jake Gardner... Morgan Riley, I like, but the rest of their D is is okay. It's it's fine. Nikita Zaitsev is fine. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the Leafs do now that they you know they 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 got themselves a, a true top bearing defenseman, which was their their number one need. So they got that, and uh, let's see what they do with it. Let's see if they can go on a run here. They've been. Kind of stumbling the last couple month and a, the last couple month and a half the last month and a half here. Uh, let's see if they figure it out. This is it. This is you're coming out of the All Star break. This is when teams that are truly playoff teams that are truly contenders they ramp it up and they get in. We'll see if Toronto can do that. Now that they've uh, they got their top pairing guy. One more break here for us, you guys. Uh, when we come back. We're going to go over just a couple trade scenarios. I'll give you guys my thought on, uh, 
on what you guys are, are thinking out there. Before we go to our break, I want to remind you guys about our awesome partner up at Total Beverage and this really awesome deal they have for BSN listeners. You guys already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. I don't know why I always say down to Erie. It's all north. It's all north of the city from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering you $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more order for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use the promo code BSN10 or go to the website TotalBev.com and use that same promo code for $10 off your $50 or more purchase and have it delivered today. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano writing solo today. Today's Wednesday, January 30th. January, tell me if you disagree, January has gone on for what feels like three months. I feel like it was January 20th, seriously, like three months ago, and now we're just to the 30th. Much different than all of last year, where all of last year, it seemed like I went to bed on New Year's Day and I woke up and it was New Year's Eve, the next, the following, well, I guess technically the same year. But last year flew by. This first month is crawling by. Now, before the break, I said we were going to be going through and reading some of those mock 
Trades that you guys have been emailing in, thank you so much. Again, you guys show up. Anytime we ask you, you guys show up. You come out in droves. It's so awesome. AJ didn't give me the correct info to access any of those mock trades. So I've got a couple in Twitter mentions that, that that's what we'll do. But first, I got something I want to talk about here. Very, very loyal Twitter follower, George in Limbo. Shout out at George in Limbo. Has, uh, he's, he's sent me a couple tweets over the last week or so saying, hey, I asked the Edmonton fans what they think would be a fair price for Connor McDavid should it be in a trade. And Connor McDavid is the best player that's ever played hockey. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that and I'll wear some of the hate. Wayne Gretzky's not even, not even in the same league as Connor McDavid. Uh, he's, he's better than Sidney Crosby. Uh, he's the best player of all time. No doubt. I, I, Sidney Crosby's very close behind him. I'm also a big fan of Yarmer Yager just because of how long he did it and how many eras he did it in. I think Yarmer Yager doesn't get enough greatest of all time uh, recognition. But, I mean, Connor McDavid is the best player ever, for sure. Some of these responses that uh, my buddy George, George in Limbo, was sending me were ridiculous. I mean, there was one that said... You know what? I'm actually going to find him. Now, now the reason I'm even talking about this and why it's an interesting conversation is because there's been a lot of conversation about trades recently and what's a guy worth and what would you give up. And the reason this is so hard in a lot of, in a lot of hypothetical scenarios is because it all depends on why is this guy getting traded? Why, why is a team moving on from Matt Duchesne? Uh, you know, why is a team moving on from Eric Carlson? And so for me, if you're trading Connor McDavid, it's because he probably wants out. Now, that's not the case. But there's been some speculation that might be the case. But if, if Connor McDavid comes to you and says, hey, I want to be traded. And and it becomes a public thing, and now people know that he doesn't want to be that you're not going to get full value. That was why one of the responses to again at George in Limbo was the one who has been sending me these. One here's one of the responses what someone thought a Connor McDavid trade would fetch. Five first round picks, all in the next 10 years, and the Oilers get to choose when. Your number one goalie, both of your your top pairing defensemen, and your three best forwards, plus $25 million in cash. I responded to George and I said, I'm assuming that's a sarcastic response, meaning we wouldn't, the, the Oilers wouldn't trade him. If that's how you feel, then just say, I don't even want to consider that because they would never do it. Because that would never be the case. You would never just trade Connor McDavid for a shakeup. Obviously. You're trading him out of necessity, whether it be what's going on in Columbus right now, where your best player, Artemi Panarin, in Columbus's case, has basically said, yeah, I'm not coming back. (laughs) 
And so you either have to let him go for nothing or try to get back what you can. Or you have a player in the Matt Duchesne situation. Now, obviously, obviously, you guys, I'm not saying Matt Duchesne or Artemi Panarin are anywhere close to Connor McDavid. But these are both situations where high-profile players that are considered the best or one of the best players on their respective teams is is being traded. Now, so, again, if you have the Connor McDavid situation playing out the way Matt Duchesne's did, and you're saying, I don't want to be here, it's time for a change, I, I have no interest in playing for this team anymore, well, and again, your teams know that. GMs are aware. And you're not going to be able to go get top dollar for for Connor McDavid so you know trades are are so hard to speculate on especially when it comes to to big names because it's all circumstantial and so this trade deadline season be realistic with what you think players could get players should get what their worth is and, and those kinds of things be realistic with yourself and uh and just be aware that that a lot of this Totally depends on on what's going on with the organization, where they sit, what the situation is with the with the player, uh, why they be, they're being traded, why they might be on the move, uh, contract status, all that stuff. So now that I'm off that soapbox talking about how ridiculous Edmonton Oilers fans were being, let me go through a couple of these these hypotheticals again. Thanks to AJ, I don't have access to much. I'm mostly just kidding. AJ's great. Uh, but let's uh, let's see what we've got here. As you can tell, I'm stalling till I can get back to the page I was on uh, where, uh, where I had a couple of these hypotheticals stored up. And this is now taking too long. All right. Here's one that I had. Tyson Jost, Nikita Zadorov, and I believe it was a first in exchange for Ryan O'Reilly. Now, I probably need to apologize. I sent out a... All right, so here it is. Tyson Jost, Nikita Zadorov, Colorado's second-round pick in 2020 in exchange for Ryan O'Reilly in St. Louis's second-round pick in 2019. Now, if you're doing that trade in, uh, you know, EA Sports NHL, that might get it done. That might get it done. But there's a lot of factors that go into this one. One, inside your division, man, that's risky to be trading prospects because it just might blow up in your face and they just might knock you out of the playoffs every year for the next nine years. Now, with Tyson Joseph and Akita Zadorov, that's a lot of upside you're selling. Hey, look, they haven't quite hit their ceiling here. Here's a couple of kids that still are young enough that have their entire careers ahead of them. Do you want to try to develop them? Uh, so, you know, it being within your division, that's tough. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly... Oh, oh, let me go back to what I was saying. I apologize. I sarcastically put out a tweet that said, bring back Ryan O'Reilly when he set up Miko and Gabe for the first two goals of the All-Star game. Um, I like Ryan O'Reilly. I really liked Ryan O'Reilly when he was here. But the fact of the matter is, he is he's he's a guy who's he's a great defensive forward. He leads the lead in, league in takeaways every year. 
But the bulk of his offense comes from special teams on the power play. That's fine. That's the same situation with Tyson Berry. He collects a lot of his points on the power play. Uh, but just keep that in mind. Ryan O'Reilly, this is the first like really great year uh, that he's had in a long time. Uh, probably since he left Colorado. Um, but again, so on that point, he's having a great year. St. Louis is is at least back in the hunt. They're still uh, you know, a handful of points out with a lot of teams to climb over, but they're back in the hunt. If if they get down, you know, closer to the trade deadline and they say, yeah, we're totally out of it, maybe you see Ryan O'Reilly moved. I don't know. Uh, I doubt they'd move him within their division, especially to a team that they're going to, I guess, I don't know how much longer they might be trying to compete with for a playoff spot. But that one's probably not realistic purely just because it's in the division and you don't want to load up someone whether it be with futures or with guys now um, that can, you know, help a team with a playoff run. If you're trying to get that playoff spot, you're not going to want to be, uh, you know, helping helping guys out. Um, another one that I've got here: Abs trading uh, Tyson Berry, Tyson Jost, and a uh, Ottawa's third round pick this year for Nazem Kadri and. Uh, Kapanen from the Toronto Maple Leafs. <sighs> I don't know. That's one to me. You like Kadri. You like Kapanen. I'm I'm so hesitant. Everyone knows this. This is nothing new. I'm so hesitant to move on from Tyson Berry before Kale McCarr is here. Everything you're seeing is, oh man, the Avs nailed this pick. Hit a home run. The kid's smart. The kid's got his head on straight. He's absolutely tearing up the NCAA. Uh, he looks like he's going to transition extremely well to the NHL. But you just never know. Tyson Berry's a guy that's proven he can do it. He's currently doing it. Um, I'm I'm just really gun-shy on, on moving Tyson Berry before you know for sure that you've got Kale McCarr and that he's going to be able to be regularly making an impact in your lineup. That's just me. And and I think with a deal like that, you're, you're kind of putting yourself in the same position that Toronto is in. A lot of offense, not much on the back end. Um, so while I like what you're getting in return... I think what you're having to give up would be a little bit too steep for me uh, on that one. All right, you guys, I'm going through here. I don't really have much of these hypothetical trades for you. I really do apologize. AJ and I will for sure get around to doing one of those this week. Uh, AJ wasn't feeling too well today, so uh, that's that's why you've got just me here today. So I'm going to go ahead and jump out. This is, this is a short segment. I do apologize. Um, we're, we're ending this one on, on kind of a short note, but thank you guys so much for, for hanging out with me. I know this was kind of a, a little bit more laid back show than we normally do, but with it being the bye week, that's, that's kind of what we're doing. The players are laying back there. You know, they're in Hawaii, they're in Mexico, they're, they're in Europe, they're back home in Canada, they're relaxing. So we're kind of just doing a little bit of a laid back show here today. Uh, I believe AD will be having a guest on one of our shows here the next couple days. 
That's at least uh, what he told me last. So we're planning on that. Not sure who he always likes to surprise us as well as he likes to surprise you guys with who that guest is. So keep an eye out for that. And then uh, AJ and I will for sure get get after some of your guys' mock trade proposals. So make sure you're sending those in bsnavalanche at gmail.com. Get those in. We're, we're approaching February, finally. Uh, trade deadline is 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on February 25th. Abs are back in action on Saturday. They'll be taking on the Vancouver Canucks. Both teams will be coming out of their bye week, so there won't be any excuse for, for being rusty as both teams will be fighting through it. Excited to get back to the rink. Excited uh, to, to get the second half going, see if the Avs can can make that playoff push. I've been your host, Jesse Montano. I am your host for everyone that would have tweeted at me saying, oh, are you not our host anymore? I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast. As my phone's ringing right into the microphone. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening.